So yeah, you went out of town last week. It's my turn. Where are you going? Nashville. I'm going to be a Nash villain. Nash Vegas? Nash Vegas, indeed. But I'm actually going to be a Nash villain. Me and some buddies go every year, and we play the villain part at the MLS Atlanta United versus Nashville game. We go in and just piss off all the fucking hometown heroes and just play the villain. It's awesome. How long have you been doing this? I guess this would be year four, but I missed last year, so I'm anxious to... Get back out there, you know. <laughs> don't don't do that. <laughs> this don't, don't do that emotion. It's very like motivational, like kind of swing. God, for those that are only listening on audio, I'm, they're <laughs> they're blessed. They're blessed. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to you guys. Yeah, YouTube yeah. fans. I'm sorry about that. But I do have one great story from a couple years ago. I want to share. Hit I, us. The 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 gentleman will remain unnamed. No, nah, name friend him. Kevin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yes, we we walk in. The that, was game a, that was amazing. Yeah, that I had to do it. You, but you gotta got me there. You got me there. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you, yo, you, he, he doesn't listen to the podcast. You were so. quick <laughs> to snitch on this man, bro. I don't know. I, I kind of trust you a little less after that. I'm not Come gonna on. lie. But go ahead. Go ahead. Come I'm on. sorry. I'm sorry. So two minutes into the soccer game, two okay. minutes. We Atlanta scores. We're okay. up one zero. We're freaking the fuck out. We had just sat down. We were underdogs. We fucking are going crazy. This man stands up and throws his beer in the air, which is a thing that we do in Atlanta in the supporter section. It gets very rowdy there, but that's in Atlanta. And we know we can do that in the supporter section. People bring umbrellas. They throw their beers like it's okay there because it's a thing. You don't do that. In, in enemy another territory, city where everyone else is an enemy, he fucking hit a kid. No. He hit a kid with his beer. Uh, how old are we talking, this kid? 12. Like, he's not injured, but, like, people were pissed. He got kicked out. He got kicked out? Immediately kicked out at the Whoa. very beginning of the game. How does that conversation go? Like, oh, the, the everyone's out. yelling at us and everyone's pissed and they go get security and they tell him what happened and security's like, you got to go. <laughs> it was very that, simple. That simple. And then he ended up sneaking back in on the other side of the state. Stadium. I don't know how he got back in, told Whoa. us to come over there and sit in the Nashville supporter section Whoa. where there's even more like we don't belong, you know, going on. And um, we're cheering for Atlanta and everyone's pissed because we're like cheering super hard for Atlanta and we're drinking. And they, we ended up getting kicked out of that section, not kicked out of the stadium again, but they kicked, they removed us from that section. There was almost an altercation with police. Um, Whoa. We're going to go for a much more tame trip yeah. this year. Come on, man. You have a lot riding on this. Like, yeah. You know, the, the podcast depends on you, bro. Look, soccer's a big deal, man. You know, MLS, <laughs> what, what's the biggest sport in the world? I think the MLS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone cares about the MLS, right? I mean, it's definitely global for, for sure. sure at this point. I think it's like MLS championship and then Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think yeah. that's how it goes. Maybe March Madness after that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, for sure. What's so, up with you? So I've been listening to the Blog Era podcast. I, I vaguely told you about this, I feel like. Yep. And so the Blog Era podcast is by It's The Real. It's The Real. Which it's is, your boy. Which is two white Jewish Hip hop sketch comedians, Eric, That's your, the type of people. Eric and Jeff Rosenthal. Yes, I, I do look at them like, wow, we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> we can do it. We have hope. Yeah, they're like my my you know, knight in shining armor, right? <laughs> Jesus. Um. Yeah. So they have this podcast called a blog, the blog era. Excuse me, and it's uh, under the other tone, um. Pharrell's umbrella brand or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Yep. And, and so it's, it's under that brand and basically it's documenting the blog era. Right. And so 
it's being released uh, almost like a Netflix show, man. Like the way that they're Ooh. dropping it because they've already recorded all of it. It's only going to be, I think, 10 episodes maybe. So it's almost like a little mini podcast series. Yeah. So it's not going to be a ongoing, continuing show, right? But they're hyping it up like it's a, yeah. it's a fucking crazy. Yeah, like, dude. Yeah. Yes, yes. So the first episode was about Joe Budden. And did you know much about Joe Budden? Um, like his like how he broke and just his whole story kind of coming up. I know he was part of the, um, the group, you know, in Detroit with Royce and Eminem and, uh, yeah, but that was so far after bro. Crazy eyes or what's yeah. his name? Um, the guy with the crooked eyes. eye, crooked eye. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Crooked eye. That's, Royce. That's kind of when I got hit too. Um, Joel Ortiz. Joel. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Budden and stuff. Yeah. Um, slaughterhouse, but anyways, yeah. Yeah. And so he was basically, they were trying to make him into this mainstream artist and a bunch of shit happened where his, his song, and I can't remember, I'm blanking on the song, but his, his debut single off of his like highly anticipated album got released on the fast and the furious soundtrack or the too fast, too furious soundtrack, I think. Right. So everyone went and copped that CD for his song. Like they wanted to hear that song, but then his project flopped. Ooh, with the label weird. And so it was like all this conspiracy theory around Def Jam fucking him. I think it, I'm pretty sure it was, it, you know, it was Def Jam, the label. But anyway, so like there was all this controversy because everyone was just so much hype and anticipation around Joe Budden. Like this dude is just blowing up. Like he had, you know, pop hits almost at the time. Right. Like they were super mainstream, like radio bangers. Right. And no one bought that shit. And <laughs> he just, it was just thing after thing. Right. Where he in pure Joe Budden fashion, which now hindsight makes perfect sense. He basically was like buck the system. And so he was almost one of the early, uh, I guess products of the internet. Bro, mm -hmm. apparently he was like super internet savvy back in the day and was in all these, you know, chats and forums and just online communities. Essentially, he was he's one a of the four chaner. He was, he was just one of the first to like buy into all that shit. Interesting. Which I thought was super interesting. And I didn't know that about him, really. He strikes me as a smart guy. Obviously a troll, but I think he knows what he's doing at the same yeah. time, you know? Yeah, but apparently he was the type of guy that was almost like hippie like like legs crossed in the studio like a weird dude oh, it doesn't that does not come across anymore <laughs> exactly and they were trying to push him as this like street artist and shit at, at first and so it just that whole episode just kicking things off really reeled me in like yeah. they, they did a great job Hook, and so and yeah and, and so then the last you know couple of episodes have been about you know actually moving into the specific blogs they've focused on notright.com right now not right yeah. yeah which sk was the guy that you know founded that and he was working this part-time it job mm -hmm. while he was blogging and just hearing the stories of how how the blogs became such a critical part of uh, you weren't you weren't popping if the blogs weren't talking about you exactly in that era. What, and what years would you say can this make the blog era? I mean, I guess this was like oh, you know, oh six to like twenty twelve type of deal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. kind of like late first decade of the two thousands, and then early. You know, second decade of the two yeah. thousand, maybe even a little longer than that. Yeah, like yep. twenty fifteen, even. Yeah, 15. man, and and so it, it was just. I'm so excited for the rest of the episodes. Like, Damn, well, you just got me hooked. Like, yeah, I'm, trying, I'm gonna go watch yeah, it after this for sure, for sure. <laughs> but so on this episode, I really wanted to unpack a few of I would say the most common 
themes that have been brought up on our interviews, right? So for those, if you're listening to us talk, actually, you've definitely seen an interview. By the way, so, we do interviews. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> y'all know we do interviews. If you're hearing- been doing it for a long time, <laughs> yeah. a lot of dope people. Check them out. <laughs> yeah. Go to our page. Yeah. So this isn't like me and Henry's yeah. like narrow experiences. Right? But we have had a lot of moments where we're interviewing someone and they say something that another guest has said and it we have a moment where we kind of look at each other like, Oh, yeah, there's that again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's that is, thing again. Is that annoying? You think for the, do, do they know what's happening there? They probably have no idea what we're doing. They're it's, like, it's probably pretty creepy. Well, cause I have to look over at you away from the guest and be like, right. It's Henry? normal for me. Cause I usually sit there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just got to go like this. Yeah. Yeah. But so I wanted to talk about and just, you know, briefly unpack, I would say, the top three mistakes that independent artists are making in today's music industry. And there's way more than that. Don't there's so <laughs> many mistakes you guys are making. Don't get us wrong. Once These are again, just the top three. Yeah. This is not according to me, although I have my own opinions, but yeah. this is according to, you know, people that are doing it at an extremely high level. Right. Yeah. So the first one I want to talk about is artists that tease music too long. Shout out to North Ave Jax. His episode, his interview will not be out yet by the time this is out, but this was definitely a topic during that. This came back up with Jax, which is yeah, why I really wasn't the wanted, first time. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I really wanted to talk about it. Yeah. But you and I, when we've been working with other, you know, artists, friends of ours, we've gone back and forth about this, right? Of like how many TikToks should you make about a song before it's actually out for them to be able to go stream it, right? And I think you can make a lot. I just don't think the time period, I think that the time in which you make them can't be too long. You know, I'm all for, some people are real secretive with their music and don't want them to hear it, you know, until like, I, I don't buy into a lot of that. Personally, I say, let people hear your shit. People copy shit all the time. If you're scared of that, like it's going to happen, whatever. Um, just get over it. Like you want to share your good shit and get people buying into what it is you're doing. Sure, but you want to hear a couple of counter points arguments? Around? No, but, not just a couple data points on this, right? Sure, sure. There's an artist, Pertinence, who I showed you. Fire. This white kid He's out so in Cali. Weird. He's so weird. I love him. He's got like orange curly hair. <laughs> He's very bizarre. Like his content, though, is top tier. This dude is absolutely crushing the content game. Pattern interrupts. Yes, is yes. A good one Every single video you see of his, you're immediately Wait a watching. Let me keep watching. Yeah, something weird is happening. The lyrics are fire, whatever. The music is really good, too. So he talked about it. He has a podcast, I think, called Art Not Algorithms, Ooh. which is kind of a fire name. Um, so he unpacked, because once again, he's an artist who has, I mean, shit, maybe look him up real quick. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, your phone, My phone doesn't even work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just want to you know, set the stage as far as um, how many monthly listeners this guy has. So you guys understand. I'll do understand. a dance to entertain the No, 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 you're good. While you do it. 201,000 monthly listeners, all right? His top songs, you know, 2 million uh, streams on Spotify, 600,000, 860, 200, 270, right? So this guy is, I would say, on the upper tier of like, you know, an independent artist's uh, trajectory, right? So he has a couple of use cases with this exact concept that he talked about on his podcast. So he did one song where he was promoting the hell out of it pre-release, just video after video after video for like, you know, several weeks, let's just say, mm -hmm. uh, pre the song being out. Mm -hmm. The first day streams were about 3,500, I think, like three or 4,000 first day, mm. right? Sounds light. So, you know, I mean, for some people that's fucking incredible. No, for sure. But, but for the hype. Sure, okay. Then he did another test 
where he did not mention a word about a song coming out until the day that it was out. And then it was video after video after video after video, right? Like several videos in a day type shit. 16,000 streams first day. How different were the songs? Exactly. It's so hard to like- There's more factors. Right. But I'm just saying- his, argu- his argument was, and I, I tend to, to agree with this strategy, is that, y'all, he, he said this, and I kind of agree, is that no one gives a flying fuck that you're releasing a song in a month. If you're an independent artist, just be real with yourself. No one gives a flying fuck is what he, he was saying. And I, we've heard that time and time again of like, until you've built a fan base of people who are anxiously waiting, you know, your drops, right? Just release music, bro. Yeah. And then promote it so they have somewhere to fucking go and listen to it. To me, a lot of it is also how you present it. So Meaning what? Meaning if you're saying, hey guys, I'm dropping a song in a month. Here's what it sounds like. That's I'm terrible. Pre-saved. That's, and terrible, that's right awful. But if I go on IG Live- I hope no one does that though. They do though. And it's like, hey. (laughs) But if I go on IG Live, if I'm an artist and I go on IG Live and I'm just kind of talking to the fans, interacting, and then I just maybe casually, you know, go like, oh yeah, here's a song I did the other day and play it, you know, and kind of, and bop to it. And you have people like, you creating like a curiosity around it. And if it's fire and people are like, oh, like, what is that song? What's that? And you're kind of being cool about it. I think if you perceive it as, you know, and you, if you tease it in the right way, you don't want to be salesy. No one wants to be told to go stream a song. But if you like hint at that, like, oh, I have this song. Maybe I'm dropping it. You know, maybe I'm not. Maybe don't even mention <laughs> if you're dropping it. Who knows? But playing it here and there just to kind of gauge and give people a taste. I think that that gets a much better reaction than the whole it's the sales thing, man. You don't tell people to stream music. You just put shit in cool places yeah. and let people figure it out for themselves. Yeah, but that's true regardless of if it's pre-release or post-release. You shouldn't be doing much of the go stream my song. Like that doesn't fucking work. No one wants to be told to do that. Yeah. We don't want that as sure. as consumers. But so, I think you can do that before to some degree. Yeah. It it just Cause just, maybe you tease your song and everyone hates it. And then maybe you shouldn't drop it. Like maybe that's a good way to, you no, know? I mean, I mean, you bring up a good point. If you're doing it in the like A and R sense of doing it, meaning trying to figure out if this is something that you want to drop, mm-hmm. I would kind of lean towards agreeing with you. Right. But if you're doing it, thinking that people are going to want to come back and like mark their calendars that you're dropping in a month, it's not happening. It ain't fucking <laughs> happening, bro. Yeah. So, all right. So, enough of that because that's I want point. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Because that, that, that's one of the most you know common mistakes I feel like that we've heard over and over again from you know people that are doing it. Keep it pushing. Um, so, somewhat on that note, I would say that um, people aren't dropping enough music. Mm-hmm. Right. So we we talked about this with Adam Ivy mm-hmm. and the clip around the real reasons why Russ blew up. It's doing great. Is has done stupid numbers. More comments today. That clip's like a month old. It's going crazy still on Instagram for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that whole concept around how often should you drop? Should it be every month? Should it be every quarter? Should it be every week? Should it be every fucking day? Uh, you know, wh- what are your thoughts from everything that we've heard from people? What would you recommend like an independent artist out there? How frequently should they be dropping? So to me, I think that there is a level of like, if you want to give someone a chance to become a super fan, 
they need to have something to kind of binge out on. If they want to be a real fan, they need to have some material, some catalog for them to go dive into. It's like, if I see an episode of a TV show and I'm like, oh my God, this is the greatest show ever. Then I found out that was the pilot and there's no other episodes. I'm kind of let down. Maybe I'll forget about it. So I think the earlier an artist is in the career, in their career, the more important it is to start building that catalog and have something for fans to go to. Um, and then, you know, but if you do have a catalog out already, I don't know. I mean, I think it's less important, but I do still think it's important. I think about guys like a Ben Riley, who drops an album and promotes it for a year. He does a great job promoting it for a year and he's doing okay. Yeah. Well, he's kind of the counter argument to that. Well, right? well, yeah. So you're kind of, you know, foreshadowing my third Ooh. most common mistake that, that artists make. But I, I, I kind of I just want to weigh in on this. So Sean Barron, whose episode dropped literally today as of us recording this episode. By the time this is out, it'll probably have been a week or two four old. Day, four days or so. Oh, no, no yeah, no, actually no, a week exactly. and a half. Yeah, 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 it's like a week and a half old. But uh, he started a record label with Ty Dolla Sign. Yep. It's called Easy Money. Uh, he was a former A&R at Atlantic. He was a former A&R at Capital Motown. This dude has, he was like the first to bring Drake to a record label. And the, they passed on The him. label passed on him. He was, the first, he, was, he was the first to bring Wale. Like this dude knows a, a thing or two, right? Um, his recommendation was for sure if you're an artist early on in your career, because we asked him about the NBA Youngboy versus Playboy Cardi release strategy, which is essentially what we're talking about we're right now. It, yeah. Um, he was like, if you're early on in your career, drop, 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 like stay on their ass. That's right? how I feel too. But yeah. I, I just, I think, you know, shout out to Ben Riley, who we've had on the pod, who just got off tour with token, a national, like 30, you know, plus dates tour. He's also got an amazing team behind him. He's so they're mil They can milk the fuck out of one album for an entire year straight. Yeah. Successfully. I, I would say once again, most people don't have that. I would not look at Ben Riley dropping, you know, a project a year as the recommendation yeah. as the blueprint you should probably, you know, think is, is what works for everyone. Unless you have key Henderson behind you, unless, in which case go for it. Yeah. <laughs> it unless you out. have the person that, you know, first <laughs> discovered 21 Savage yeah. and was there, you know, was instrumental in their, you know, right. Career trajectory. Drop music, like let people know who you are, expand the catalog so that if someone does find your, 76th song that you dropped they have 75 more songs to go binge and become a deep true fan of yours that's it, super important to me yeah it, it's funny i mean not to bring up this guy pertinence but i've actually been falling in love with not only his like music he's dope but his like strategies and his and you know his content creation he has 80 singles out right now boom so he's been somewhat adopting that rust mentality where he's been doing like projects though, but, but then he's promoting each individual song as if it was just a single, because once again, no one fucking cares mm -hmm. if it was a single or if it was on a project that you already dropped because they don't fucking know until they go click on the song or search the song up. You can add both to a playlist. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. So for me, when everyone's like singles or, or albums, I'm more just about promote each song. I'm about, I'll say this. I say don't drop a fucking album unless it's an, a well-thought-out concept album. Sure, that's what's one Unless approach. it's a concept album, I don't think you need to put a bunch of singles on one big... It's like you're giving someone a playlist of singles. That's annoying. If you have an idea 
for a project and it flows and has skits and there's a story and there's a narrative from front to back and you're painting a picture the whole time and I can just press play at the beginning and get lost until the end. Dope. Do the album. Otherwise, just drop some songs. Like, if you you know, drop some singles. Who cares? Maybe four song EP. You know, you could do a three song single. You can drop a single that's three songs. Get creative with that. There's just other ways of going about it. Yeah. You know? No, for sure. And you only get one debut album. Yeah. You only get one second album. Like, are you just going to throw some singles together? That, and people are going to remember that as your second album? Yeah, that's true. I don't so, know. So the, the, the you know, third topic I want to discuss, and, and the third, I guess, most common mistake that we've heard people talk about on the pod. Shitty producers. Yeah, and shitty engineers. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so working with me. No, no. Um, so not promoting your music long enough oh. has been proven to be just fucking detrimental to your, you know, trajectory as an independent artist, right? Now I see where Ben Riley's coming back around. Yes, exactly. So that's why I think it was important what you said about him. He believes in his music and stands on his record so fucking much that this dude has gone nonstop getting creative as fuck. Don't get me wrong. He's not posting the same fucking cover art every week or some shit. This dude is getting super creative and it's thing after thing after thing, new video for new song, new bits of content, you know, whatever the case may be, new interview, new podcast, new this, but a year straight, bro, promoting the same project. And it doesn't feel old to me watching the content because it is something new. It is something creative. The songs are well thought out. They are dope. And it and it works. And he milked the fuck out of that album for a year and then dropped another one and he's still milking that one. And it's working, I think. Yeah. Again. Yep. Yep. And so we have Money Moo on here who had a song that was, I think, three years old. I was gonna bring up Moo if you didn't. Yeah, hitting. Uh hitting. he he stood on that song. He was working the clubs, working the DJs, like doing as much word of mouth, you know, street promo as he could as he could fucking possibly do. This dude was putting in the work. Uh, he ended up getting Moneybag Yo and Fujiano on the remix. Free foo. And say what you want about that being the reason that, you know, the song ended up going extremely crazy. No, I mean, it was going crazy before. They hopped on because it was going crazy. Exactly. Yeah. And that but just, it was years, years old. That sent it into another stratosphere, of course. Yes. But the, the fact is, is that he could have just have, I just want to say this. He could have just as easily gotten Moneybag Yo and Fujiano on a new song. Yes. Uh, as features. They don't, they're charging the same bag, yep. whether it's on an old song or a new song. And Foo was a label mate at the time. So yeah, that could have been, you know. That, no, for that sure. That's easy. For sure. But my point is, is that he believed in that original record so much yep. that he chose to get them on that song versus just, you know, something new that he was making. Yep. And I think that's powerful. And the, the last example I'm going to bring up is Baby Tate. Shout out. What, Shout YBT. out. Formerly known as Young, Young Baby Tate. <laughs> she grew up. Yes. Yeah, right in front out, of our eyes. Shout out YBT. I'm so proud. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I am proud, honestly, man. Seeing what she did with her song, Hey Mickey. Yeah. It was six or seven years old. Yeah. It had, I don't even know, less than 100,000 streams for sure. I, I would almost, it might even be, le I don't know. It was an, a very negligible amount of streams. When she revived that song, by just crushing TikTok like she's been doing with all of her records, which is why she's just in another stratosphere at this point, right? I like you know, the word stratosphere. I love it. I've said it like four times this episode. <laughs> Feels right for this topic for sure, some reason. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe next episode it'll be something different. Um, but no, man, uh, at the peak of Hey Mickey, 
they were doing a million streams a day. Amazing. Seven-year-old song, guys. Yeah. A million streams a day. Yeah. Once again, say what you want. She could have been posting TikToks around just her newest song because it's the bright, shiny object. It's the new thing. Oh my God, I love my new shit. Fuck my old shit, like, which is what most artists say, I feel like. But no, man, seven-year-old song. This, this girl put in the work. It caught fire. People, people gravitated towards it and it, at the, at, you know, at its peak was doing a million streams a day. I actually want to see how many total streams it was. There's such, at, a sad, right there's such a sad sentiment that when an artist releases a song, they feel like, oh, well, there it is. Like we released it. Like it, it's over. The game's over. Literally the game begins when you drop the song. That song is now forever on streaming. You can choose to promote it any day of your life until you die. It's not going anywhere unless you stop paying your distributor, however that works. Oh my gosh. So. All right. So it was released in 2016. It is her most popular song right now on Spotify. She has 8 million monthly listeners. It has done 91 million streams. Unfucking believable. And as of just months ago. Just because they decided to revive it and make it happen. Exactly, man. So, so cool. Stand on your records. Believe in your music. If you thought it was a hit when you made it and when you released it, don't give up on it. Don't. Don't give up on it. Last little bit. Let's give some homework to the artists out there. You guys have a homework assignment if you're an artist. Oh, God. Pick your favorite fucking shit, your favorite old song, and have let's have a, just a nice brainstorming session around a dope, creative, marketing, whatever the fuck you want it to be, and see what happens. You'd be surprised. Party shit like one more time. Hey, party one more time. Hey, party one more time. Hey, party one more time. Oh.